and welcome to Polk County This Week. Polk County This Week gives you a chance to hear about things happening in our area and a chance to hear from some of the people making news or covering it. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of Polk County This Week. Polk County This Week is a public affairs presentation of Hall Communications. This program was pre-recorded and may not reflect the most current information available. And joining us now on the phone, because no one should be driving on these roads unless they absolutely have to, uh, from Florida Southern College, it's Dr. Bruce Anderson. Good morning, Dr. Bruce. Good morning, Len. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Yeah, I had last night prepared to come over by putting my four-wheel drive. I, I have a drive where you park two cars, but they're they're in sequence, and so I had to move all the cars around to get the four-wheel drive out so I could get it in the morning. And then, of course, I didn't. <laughs> well, I mean, are. that was my idea anyway. So uh, I uh, I felt like it would be better because uh, it is right now uh, the center of the storm is over Polk County as we speak. And uh, we don't want to be responsible. Tropical Storm Nicole. For anybody getting hurt. <laughs> Liability That's issues. That's right, exactly. Liability and insurance. You got yeah. it. Well, it's it's certainly wet. Um, it is, and windy. I, I, you know, and windy, Yeah. although not as windy as it might be. And, you know, I don't know. I, I think we'll probably get through this. I, I, You know, I have a very limited view. I have the Weather Channel, and I have a window. Right. And between the two of them, that's my knowledge of the storm. Well, there you go. So, um, you can actually yeah, stream so. um, Spectrum Bay News 9 right now for free. You don't have to have a Spectrum account uh, while the storm is going Ooh, on. Awesome. Bruce has the super yeah. local, very local news out of his window. That's right. So local, it's that. right yeah. outside his window. So we if you look out your window right <laughs> now, what's the weather like, Dr. Bruce? We have that. Uh, it looks, looks wet. Uh, it's <laughs> raining on my beach plants, actually. My, oh, my, my it's beach, raining. Beach uh, uh, soil retention plants and so on. I'm up on a hill, so everything is running down from here, so I don't actually have any flooding. I got gotcha. you. That's um, good. That's nice. I, I think, you know, a, a, a few blocks down is probably pretty wet. I wonder if this is going to fill our lakes. I it, wonder if. It seems know, like it's, it. It's, I've seen a lot of puddling this morning when I was coming in, and that was uh, several hours ago. So, Well, it's uh, filling our parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the lakes have been low because we've been off and on in sort of drought stage yeah. over, you know, the last six months. And so, you know, uh, uh, that, that accrues over time, and, and you lose, you know, almost almost a foot of water sometimes out of Hollingsworth and Wharton and Mirror. Mm. And so it's nice if it, if it comes in because, of course, it, it stirs up the water, it feeds the fish, it, you know, et cetera. So it makes a much healthier little marine environment there. Yeah, I, I, I feel like that this storm uh, will go a long way towards uh, remedying that kind of problem. Uh, yeah, anyway. I think so. I hope so. Um, big uh, election week this week. Uh, the midterms yeah. uh, 2022 happened on Tuesday. We did a little uh, show on Tuesday night uh, recapping some of the results. Um, what's your take, uh, Dr. Bruce, on uh, what, what's happened here in Florida? In Florida. Yeah. Um, first of all, that show was a lot of fun. It was great to have, uh, you know, to have, have Walker and, and yep. Friedman on there. Right. And um, they have they have a lot to say. And I was uh, I, I was astonished to hear, you know, a real expert on Maine politics talking. <laughs> <so>. Yeah, <laughs> a little farther afield. Here's what's happening in Florida. Um, I mean, the, the the GOP just absolutely crushed the opposition. This was a uh, an unmitigated disaster for the Democratic Party, and an unmitigated uh, you know triumph for the Republicans. Um, DeSantis set, I think, 
record. I don't think anybody's won by 20 points for about 50 years. Oh, no, it's since the late 1800s. Since the late 1800s, yeah. that was. Uh, Jeb Bush won by over 12%. The Republican Party was something else. Yeah. Uh, Jeb Bush won by uh, yeah. o- over uh, 12% in 2002, and that was the biggest margin since this one, or, or before this one. Right. And and I, I think that, you know, DeSantis gets a lot of credit for this, um, for sort of, you know, whether you agree with him or not. You know, he, he stayed the course on his campaign themes and so on and so forth, and um and really worked hard, really worked hard mm-hmm. on the campaign, not just for himself, but for uh, Republican candidates throughout the state. And you've got areas that have uh, have never been blue before that were turning turning pink-ish, if not red, um, in in Miami, in uh, in South Florida, um, in Hillsborough, yeah. and so on and so forth. So you, you, the, the Republicans have a lot to crow about here. Well, I, um, I think a lot— Having said that— yeah. What it probably affects more than anything else is another Floridian who is not on the ballot, and and that's President Trump. Mm. Um, the former president, you know, had had basically been waiting to announce his candidacy for the presidency and so on, and he'd taken some pretty nasty little swipes at Governor DeSantis on the way by, right. setting him up, you know, for what what he had hoped would become, you know, his his uh, his triumphal march to the front of the line. As the Republicans, you know, uh, instigated a tsunami all over the country, that didn't happen. No, it did not. Uh, as a matter of fact, the the, uh, the there are real, you know, grumblings within the Republican Party about how things went. They did not go well. Um, there is still a question as to whether the the Republicans will even take the House, and they should have taken the House with probably thirty seats. They only need five, and yeah. there's now a question as to whether they're even going to get those. So here's here's the deal. Um, you cannot avoid the comparison between what happened in Florida and what happened in the rest of the country. And you cannot avoid, you know, the uh, the, the attribution that you have to give Governor DeSantis for his his victory here in Florida mm-hmm. um, and 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 who was responsible for the rest of these. Right. You know, these were primarily Trump candidates, Trump endorsed candidates, sometimes. Uh, candidates that had primaried uh, more moderate candidates in Republican primaries at at Mr. Trump's behest. And what he was trying to do was to show everyone that he was still in control of the party and that the party you know, would be victorious under him and so on. It was not. And the comparison is impossible to dodge. Right. So there it is. Yeah. Uh, I, I think a lot a lot of it also had to do. Now, I can't speak for the political action committees and the ads that they ran, but any time that I saw uh, Governor DeSantis where he is talking, and you can tell it's an ad by his campaign because it would say that, uh, you know, paid for by Ron DeSantis, um, he touted himself. He didn't, he wasn't attacking Charlie Crist uh, in his ads, and he touted his record. And I think that's what, uh, I mean, I, in my opinion, and I've said that before, I think that's what politicians should do. I don't, I, I don't like this whole attack thing with politics, and I don't understand it because how can you get attacked viciously by somebody and then support them later? Um, it just, uh, it, it doesn't. That doesn't work in my world. Not in mine either. But, but you know, you you have to grant grant uh, you know candidates this unless you have a record which is positive and long running. 
then a campaign like that is impossible. Right. You know, the reason that DeSantis was able to run that way and not go after his opponent was that, uh, you know, he had lots to stand on. He had, you know, very recent stuff with Ian. Um, he had, you know, his, his pandemic uh, policies and so on. And, and he ran on that. And for the people that were voting DeSantis, those were those were really strong points. Right. So when you have a record like that, you can run without even paying any attention to your opponent, much less attacking them. Mm-hmm. Attack ads are usually run by losers. They're run by people that are points behind. And they usually don't run them in, unless they're either completely desperate, which I think is where Chris was toward the end, right. um, or within five points. When you close on five points in a competitive race, you know, the rule of thumb is that's when you run negative ads. Um, DeSantis, of course, was never behind, yeah. and, and it, didn't, it never closed on five points. So there was no sort of mechanical reason why he would do that. But I think the primary reason is that he had a good record to run on, and he ran on that. It's just smart politics. Now, Um, are you surprised at all that Marco Rubio won by 17 points over Val Demings? The the polling had it much closer, right? Yeah, the polling had it much closer. Um, I think if you told me this is the way things were going to turn out back in July, I would have been in disbelief. The closer we got to the election, the more obvious it became that Demings was running well behind Rubio. I expected about 10 points. Mm. 17 is... Is, is pretty crazy. And I'll tell you why I think it happened. And I don't think uh, Marco Rubio had a lot to do with it. I think Rubio was set to win. Um, but DeSantis's, uh boat really, you know, as it rose, it pulled everybody along with it. He had real coattails here. I mean, you had Republican candidates that should have been in really competitive races. It turned out to be not competitive, largely because people were hitting that ballot and hitting nothing but red. Right. And, you know, the, they, they start at the top. So, again, you know, I, you know, DeSantis, you know, I, I had plenty of disagreements with this cat, but I, I, I cannot disagree with his campaign strategy. It was smart strategy all the way. He spent his money, which he had a lot of, uh, but I don't I don't think it was a determining factor. Uh, he spent a lot of money on, you know, the right kinds of ads, doing the right saying the right kinds of things. And. Part of the effect of this was to raise, you know, the the tide for for every other Republican candidate in Florida. And that seemed to uh, seems to have worked. Uh, of course, uh, all of the Republican cabinet members that uh, ran for reelection were reelected. Uh, uh, Wilton Simpson won the agriculture commissioner seat left open by uh, Nikki Freed running for uh, governor. Uh, right. So, uh, you know, pretty much uh, the Republicans in in all the of the places where they normally win, they, they certainly won. And then, like you said earlier, in places like Miami-Dade County, um, that's not a place that's normally uh, voting uh, Republican. Well, you know, and, and I, I'm going to have to take a jab at the Democrats, too. They produced some candidates, with the exception of Val Demings, who I think was a very good candidate, um, but caught up in a tangle both within her own party and, and, and running into the buzzsaw of what the GOP was doing down here. With the exception of Val Demings, most of the statewide candidates, I think, that the Democrats ran were, were, were problematic. Crist, of course, had all kinds of problems. I don't even want to go into that. Um, you know, people can list them. Whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, you can probably list those out without much trouble. Right. Um, but the agricultural uh, commissioner, uh, Blumen, that, that candidate, had trouble within her own party. She, she had gotten into a tangle during the primary because – 
they had unearthed some some comments that you'd made on Facebook that went back several years, but were nonetheless very damaging. And there was a movement within the party to replace her, and they were unsuccessful in doing so. When you've got that going in, you know, as a candidate, you've got to fight the people in your own party before you can ever get to the person you're trying to run against. Neither of the candidates for agriculture commissioner were probably very well known outside the uh, outside the farming community. And well, Wilton Simpson was again, a state senator, you know, so mm-hmm. uh, Wilton, right. But yeah, that'll get you the district. But yeah. you're running for statewide office. Right. That means that you know you've got you've got one strike against you in a place like. Miami, then people may in fact react negatively to it, especially the strikes that she had against her. Gotcha. Uh, I don't think that I don't think that that played well in uh, either Tampa or Miami. So, well, I mean, you know, it's a it's an unmitigated victory. It's it's unalloyed. It is they cannot be more successful. With that comes um, the double-edged sword, and that is that now you've got to govern, and it is duly important. For DeSantis, that he demonstrate, you know, an ability to govern a state that is almost entirely dominated by the Republican Party, because he wants to be president. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be president, you know, one of the things you've got to do is to demonstrate your ability to be a, to be a good governing governing person. And right. and now he's got that opportunity, but it also carries with it, you know, the possibility that you don't, and that you fail. And so that's what it's about, key, right? I think somebody, <laughs> Very careful things out there. I think one of the issues that is going to confront the governor almost immediately is the abortion issue, um, which turned out to be a, a huge winner for the Democrats all over the country and would have been an issue here had either of the candidates really addressed it. Chris tried to get uh, this on to the, the, the talking points, but it never really stuck. Mm-hmm. The reason it didn't is because we're still in litigation over the, uh, the 15-week rule and whether or not that's covered by the privacy um, provision within the Florida Constitution. Well, and, and you know, and not only that, get resolved. not only that, but the people who uh, want to uh, change that back to the, to the way that it was call what we have an abortion ban. But abortions are not banned. You can still get one up to no, 15 not. weeks. So no, the 15 week, yeah. the 15 week thing, I think, is probably about right, given the, you know, the if you if you. If you average the ideology in Florida, I think that's probably where Florida stands on this issue. Um, I think anything more restrictive than that is going to run into serious trouble. I think anything more more liberal than that makes you know makes the Republican Party look weak. Look weak. I hear you. Um, so I think that that's that's about how you play it. Um, but we'll have to wait to see because there are people in the legislature that clearly want something far more restrictive, and are seeing this. Um, this victory as a pathway to passing some pretty radical legislation. We'll see how it fares. My right. sense is that it will probably fail before it ever becomes an issue for the governor, um, that it'll be tabled in committee as cooler heads prevail, and, you know, the temperature of the state is taken. Right. Um, but when you have, you know, uh, when you have abortion rights things passing in places like Kentucky, You've got to, man, you've got to watch it. You've got to watch it very carefully. And I'm talking about this as a political issue, um, not as right or wrong or anything like that. But as a political issue in Florida, you know, this is probably the first landmine that emerges. Um, There are others down the trail. The insurance uh, uh, business here in Florida has not been resolved. No. Um, And we've just had two horrendous storms. 
um, you know, that that's going to have to be addressed. And that's right. that's part and parcel to the governing operation in Tallahassee. You've got to deal with issues like that. Dr. Bruce Anderson, Florida Southern College. Dr. Bruce, thank you very much for uh, checking in with us. Please stay dry. Uh, don't get on the road unless you absolutely have to. Uh, but uh, <laughs> thanks a lot for uh, calling in. Thanks so much for having me. I'm going to stay home and grade today, I think. There you go. You don't have to go to school. It's closed. <laughs> That's right. Thanks. Uh, We'll see you, Dr. Bruce. This program was pre-recorded and may not reflect the most current information available. And please welcome (laughs) me now to the program for the Polk County Veterans Council's Colonel Gary Clark. Colonel Clark, how are you? I'm great. Uh, How are you guys? Uh, Doing well. Thank you for asking. How did you fare uh, with Ian? I did okay. I mean, actually pretty lucky, unlike some of my neighbors. Um... Who found um, trees in their front living room and things Ooh. like that? Ooh, no yeah. way! Yeah. That's awful. That's awful. It was. Awful. It was. It was. Um, Good. So, but no, I, I came out okay. Uh, so, uh, hope, hopefully, you guys did too. Yeah. And, um, but uh, I also, you know, on on behalf of all veterans, I'd like to just reach out and offer our condolences to uh, Deputy Lane. Mm-hmm. Um, right. That was tragic. Uh, young man. <laughs> Yeah. Starting his career, and and um, I've got a feel for uh, all the sheriff's deputies, the whole the uh, Polk County Sheriff's Office uh, at losing um, an individual like that, who's yeah. uh, obviously had a very bright future ahead of him, sure. and uh, it's unfortunate that that happened. Mm. And uh, wish his family the best. Right. So, well, but, you know, these are the things that uh, the first responders. Uh, um, Exactly. Do they? You know, they exactly. might not get. They might not go home after they go to work that day. And unfortunately, uh, too too often Heavy. in our nation, they're not given the respect and um, and and do that they're due. And um, we're fortunate here in in Polk County uh, of having a great law enforcement team, great leadership, mm-hmm. and more importantly, maybe is the the political leadership that stands behind them, right? And uh, and the public that supports them. Uh, we just can't can't ask for more than than what they give every day um, police departments the sheriff's departments up and down the line so it's um it's a sad thing that some of these happen but um you know we we live in in difficult times that, and sometimes these things happen and it's unfortunate now but, does the your organization have any activities that they do to help out people who maybe have been affected by the storm or uh, we well, what we do we do have uh, can can direct them to um, to where they can get some some help right. if they need to. We also have volunteers that that will help um, with uh, with things like debris removal. I mean, from the yard and things like that, not pickup. But, yeah. But, but we do have uh, folks that uh, have volunteered to help, and uh, and a lot of the the younger veterans that are able to um, to participate and help. Can run a chainsaw without hurting themselves, <laughs> right, you know, right. and oh, things yeah. like that. That's important. That's yeah. important. Yeah. yeah, we don't want we don't want casualties here. But, um, but yeah, but we did have uh, a, a number that were that that uh, called uh, seeking assistance. We were able to help them. Good uh, out and awesome. uh, so yeah. And, and what's what's particularly difficult uh, was evacuating some of the disabled veterans. Well, right. Yeah. That, uh, Needed to get to some place, and mm-hmm. uh, we we tried to get the word out. If you need help, let us know. We'll we'll get you there. But but fortunately, in the county, 
um, you know, they don't. There's not a lot of distinction made between veterans and non-veterans. You mm-hmm. know, and which right. is a fortunate thing. I mean, if if somebody needs to to be relocated, I mean, there are county resources that help with that, and so we're kind of a last resort, if you will, that mm-hmm. somebody that needs help that can't can't get it will 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 get somebody to help them. But uh, we we encourage folks. You know, if you lived in a mobile uh, home, uh, get to a shelter. Right. And, uh, and uh, I know a lot of uh, a lot of folks did, and so we we emphasize that uh, a lot. So, and I haven't heard of any uh, of our uh, anybody that um, that were associated with or associated with us that that was was injured or or unfortunately killed, and and uh, so that that was That's the good, good. news. Uh, on all that, we haven't heard of any, uh, so mm-hmm. uh, we'll see. But uh, but anyway, no, it's uh, hopefully that's uh, that's that's the last one for the year at least. That's we hope. hope. Yeah, we, yeah. We fingers hope. crossed. But it was big. I mean, without a doubt. I mean, I've got mm-hmm. friends down in uh, the Fort Myers area that I'm still trying to locate. Yeah, oh uh, goodness. That, um, uh, talked to them on Monday, you know, a week ago this past Monday, and they were evacuating, and I haven't caught up with them. So mm-hmm. um, anyway. I hope but, this is the last one in at least ten to fifteen years. Yeah, let's, 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 <laughs> I don't want any more. Let's make that twenty but, years. <laughs> but no we're, more. We're you know we're proceeding with uh, with the things. This is uh, you know we're headed toward November and, mm-hmm. and that's a busy time for Veterans uh, Day for veterans. But uh, the first thing we have is on the twenty second of October is our annual Warrior Walk that um, recognizes uh, those who have been lost in um, Operation Iraqi Freedom and. Uh, Operation Enduring Freedom mm-hmm. and uh, the whole global war on terror, really, and uh, and that'll be on the twenty second. Um, the uh, the the program will be in, in, in the First Presbyterian Church on Lake Lake Hollingsworth, and then uh, we'll do the walk around the the lake. So folks are invited to um, to come out. It'll start around nine o'clock. And you say uh, that's on the twenty second. On the twenty second, Saturday okay. the twenty second. Uh, and and so we will encourage we invite people to come out yes. and um, and participate and remember, um, you know it's kind of uh, this is like last year but but it's still there this year the the whole issue with the way in which we left Afghanistan is uh, is still a, a raw uh, issue to many and, right uh, and and so this is a way of sort of recognizing those folks and say they. You know, we we appreciate their sacrifice and what they did, and and um, so uh, um, that you know, I I deal with that a little bit too because my son spent time in Afghanistan mm-hmm. as well, and uh, so. Uh, but but then but then we you know as November hits we we start with uh, with our Veteran Day program and the, there's a there's a number of things that various organizations have during the week, including the schools. Thankfully, uh, the schools uh, have ceremonies that that recognize Veterans Day, and and on the 11th, which happens to be Friday, uh, in Lakeland is the annual uh, Rotary Veterans Breakfast at uh, Heritage Baptist Church again on uh, Pipkin Creek Road. Yeah, uh, all veterans are invited to come and have breakfast free, and if you're not a veteran, uh, ten bucks will get you a great breakfast. Mm. Uh, and you're welcome to uh, yeah. to come. We have, uh, interesting enough, we w- w- the guest speaker this year will be um, a uh, Lakeland native. He graduated from Lakeland High School, was in JROTC there, got an appointment Ooh. to the West Point. 
Oh, wow. He's, he's now a lieutenant colonel, and he's coming back. Is, is Colonel Drake is his, his name. And uh, he's coming back, and he'll be the guest speaker to, okay. uh, to reflect a little bit on, on his experiences. And so that's, that's kind of an, an added attraction from that standpoint for the breakfast. So that's, the breakfast starts at, um, at, at 7, and, um, you know, the program will start probably around 8 o'clock. Uh, on the morning, so uh, we invite you to to come out for for that if you happen to be a veteran. If you're not, again, ten bucks uh, will get you uh, a great breakfast uh, catered by Mission Barbecue. Ooh, and, um, that sounds good. They it is. Have, Mission they have Barbecue's a, amazing. Good. For those uh, for those of us that have had some experience with um, military dining halls, uh, as I know Lynn has. Yes. Um, you know, SOS is kind of a staple. Yes, it but is. The way, but the way I know what that is. But the way Mission Barbecue does it, it's really unique. Oh my I goodness! I mean, they use brisket. Yes, and uh, mm. it's it's really great. It's and uh, so you gotta gotta come out uh, for that if for nothing uh, no other reason. That's right. They're all about the vets over there. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got They're the blue, run. It's run I, by vets. Yeah, I got yeah. the blue bug. Yeah. Or yeah. wake up. Mm-hmm. It <laughs> is. Wake up. It's, it's uh, and they and they're great supporters of yes. uh, of everything we do. Mission Barbecue is, and then on on uh, Saturday is our annual uh, Veterans Day program uh, and parade uh, here in Lakeland, and uh, we've got an, a number of of JROTC units that will be participating in the parade as well as others that are participating in the parade. But what's really significant is we're going to have the dedication of the Spanish American war monument. Okay. Ooh. Oh, and, cool. uh, if you haven't seen that, it was actually, uh, uh, d- design. Well, the design of it, uh, was done in part, uh, partly by, um, by, uh, high school kids. Okay. Who had their ideas about what, what ought to be on the, on the monument. And then the monument was actually produced up in uh, Pennsylvania and uh, on the top of the monument, um, it, it celebrates the Buffalo soldiers who were camped here in uh, prior to deployment to Cuba. Mm-hmm. They were t- camped here in in Lakeland. Yeah. And uh, so the, the the horses are on top, but but the, the the transportation of the monument from Pennsylvania down here is going to be escorted by various chapters of Buffalo soldiers oh, cool. uh, coming all the, all the way down. That's awesome. And then, uh, yeah, and then it'll be, um, it, it'll be placed in the park uh, the, toward the end of October, so it'll be ready for, uh, for the dedication. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be, this is going to be a, an, an interesting um, addition to, uh, to, to the park. The Veterans Memorial Park, and yeah. we invite people to come out. This will this will really, really be um, a, 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 a fantastic event, I think, and we'll have a lot of participation. Now, the from, parade then goes from Veterans Park to Munn Park to Munn Park, right? Yeah, afterwards. And right. uh, but we have a lot of uh, a lot of uh, participation by Buffalo Soldier groups from around the nice. s- around that's the state. Cool. Yeah, and, and that's uh, Saturday, November twelfth. That's 12th, Saturday, right? November twelfth. Yes. The ceremony starts at ten, but okay. get there early. Yeah, and. Uh, we get great cooperation, obviously, from the, the RP Funding Center and Tony over there, and, mm-hmm. and the whole crew uh, supports us in this this regard, as does the entire city of Lakeland, in in all this. So, it should be a great day, um, a, a great time to uh, celebrate and and remember. And what we're trying to do in 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 these efforts, and we're in partnership with with Platform Art uh, to, uh, to to do this project, is we want to emphasize um, history. Mm-hmm. We want uh, we want people to be interested in history. There's a lot of little-known facts. Uh, when, for example, when when um, 
when the uh, when the the units camped here, and there were there were five units, uh, three volunteer units and two uh, regular units. Uh, the 10th Cavalry was one of the regular units, the Buffalo Soldiers. Uh, when they camped here, the quartermaster was a guy named uh, a, a captain at the time by the name of John Pershing, uh, later known as Blackjack Pershing, oh, who, yeah. who led the the uh, the troops in World War One. That's fantastic. And uh, but he was a quartermaster. Uh, right here in Lakeland. So there's a lot of little historical things yeah. that are of interest to uh, to people. So, well, yeah. I also like the fact that the schools are involved uh, because I, I think in uh, maybe the last uh, couple of uh, decades, um, young people have lost the, exactly. either the willingness or the desire to want to serve. Right. And I, I think, uh, you know, there are still some, obviously, yeah. that uh, want to serve. But I think... Uh, if uh, more people look into it and see uh, what the benefits are of it, uh, it could be a way yeah. for a lot of people to go. Which you're become a part of. And, yeah. And uh, hats off to our superintendent. Uh, uh, he's he's very supportive of of the JROTC programs, history, those kind of kind of things. In them. and we he's been at several events where we've recognized various people. That's great. Um, uh, in in that in that regard, so all right, yeah. Colonel Gary Clark, Polk County Veterans Council. Uh, we will talk to you again at the beginning of November. Yes, I'll be there, and uh, we will uh, find out uh, more about those events. Absolutely, thank you guys. Thank you, Colonel Clark. Lot. You bet. And that wraps up this week's edition of the program. Thank you for tuning in, and join us again next Sunday for Polk County this week. Polk County This Week is a public affairs presentation of Hall Communications.